Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. In this episode, we take up one of my personal favorites, Spectre of the Gun. Compliance, the final frontier. Tom Fox is the voyager of trekking through compliance. His mission, to explore the original series and seek out and share what it can teach you about compliance. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Trekking Through Compliance, Episode 61, Spectre of the Gun. In this episode of Trekking Through Compliance, we consider the episode Spectre of the Gun, which aired on October 25, 1968, and occurred on Stardate 4585.3. Story synopsis. On a mission to establish contact with the reclusive Melkotians, Kirk ignores the message of a space probe, which uses telepathy each crew member hearing the message in his or her own language, to warn the Enterprise to immediately leave Melcott space. Kirk tries to contact the Melkotians, but there is no response to his message. When Spock, Kirk, Scotty, McCoy, and Chekhov beam down to Melcott, they materialize in a fog bank not recorded on the ship's sensors. In addition, tricorders and communicators cease functioning. The landing party encounters a Melkotian who informs him that they are an outside disease which must be destroyed. Their trespassing is punishable by death, and that pattern of death will be taken from Kirk's own memories. Since it is he who ordered the Melkotian warning to be disregarded. Because Kirk's ancestors pioneered the American West, the landing party finds itself teleported to Tombstone, Arizona on October 26, 1881. The townsfolk refer to Kirk as Ike Clinton, Chekhov as Billy Claiborne, Scotty as Bill, Billy Clinton, Bones as Tom McClary, and Spock as Frank McClary. Spock recalls that at 5 o'clock on this date, the Clinton gang shot it out with Doc Holliday and Morgan, Virgil, and Wyatt Earp at the OK Corral and were defeated. On their way to a local saloon, the landing party witnesses the shooting of a bar patron by Morgan Earp. Inside the bar, Chekhov is accosted by a woman named Sylvia who claims to know him. Both Kirk and Chekhov narrowly avoid a gunfight with Morgan Earp over the incident. Kirk tries unsuccessfully to make peace with the Earps. When this fails, he and the landing party attempt to leave town so as not to be around at 5 p.m., but they are stopped by a force field. Desperately, Spock and Bones cooperate to build a tranquilizer bomb, which will incapacitate the Earps. McCoy tries to borrow chemicals for the bomb from a local dentist, only to find out that that dentist is, of course, Doc Holliday. Nevertheless, Holliday lets him take the chemicals, telling him that he'd better be finished using them before... Five o'clock for his date with destiny. Meanwhile, Chekhov has fallen in love with Sylvia, whom, with whom Morgan Earp is unfortunately also in love with. When Morgan picks a fight over the girl, Chekhov is shot and killed. Spock is puzzled by this since William Claiborne survived the battle at the OK Corral. 
Kirk takes it to mean that the outcome of the conflict does not necessarily correspond to the horse historical outcome. Kirk tries to get the sheriff to call the shootout off, but finds he is more interested in having the Clanton gang kill the herbs. With time running out, Scotty volunteers to test the potions Bones has cooked up. Despite Bones' careful preparation, it does not work. Spock is the only one who understands the significance of this fact, saying, You do not seem to understand. It did not function, but it must function. Spock realizes that nothing around them is real, and the whole scenario is taking place in their minds. Kirk vows not to leave the bar until 5, but finds himself and the others transported to the OK Corral a few minutes before 5. Attempts to leave the corral reveal that it is encircled by a force field so that escape is impossible. Using the mind melt, Spock convinces everyone else of the certainty that nothing around them, including the bullets, are real. So convinced, the Earps shoot their imaginary bullets right through the landing party. When the Earps have stopped firing and after Kirk has spared their lives, the landing party finds itself whisked aboard the Enterprise on their way to Melcott with a healthy Chekhov, who is alive because the only thing that was real to him was the girl. The Melkotian probe, once again directly in front of them, emits M-waves and then disintegrates. The Melkotians, impressed that Kirk did not kill the Earps, then extend an invitation to establish relations with the Federation. Fun fact. This is really one of my favorite episodes. It is perhaps the most surreal episode in uh, the entire oeuvre of TOS. Uh, I really cannot uh, speak about this one highly enough. And it also has my second all-time favorite Star Trek line, which is, after Scotty inhales the tranquilizer, but it fails to have any effect, Spock says to Dr. McCoy, physical reality is consistent with universal laws. Where the laws do not operate, there is no reality. Also of interesting note is the episode originally aired only one day before the 87th anniversary of the original gunfight at the OK Corral. There are some very interesting continuity issues in this episode. This is the first of three episodes that confirm Uhura's native language of Swahili, the other two being the Man Trap and the Changeling. This is the second time that McCoy believes he cannot be harmed by a weapon, this time due to Spock's convincing him in a mind meld. The first time where he stands his ground was as the Black Knight charged him in shore leave from season one. In that episode, the strategy was unsuccessful as the lance was a real, not an illusion. This is the only episode to end with the Enterprise heading towards a planet. Star Trek visited uh, characters in the Old West in TNG, A Fistful of Dollars. That episode used out, outdoor sets, something the original series was unable to do due to budget constraints. Prior to the release of the new Star Trek movie franchise by J.J. Abrams, i.e. the Kelvin timeline, this episode was the only time in a Star Trek series or film in which James T. Kirk is referred to as Mr. Kirk rather than his usual title of captain and, of course, later Admiral. I hope you enjoy this episode of Trekking Through Compliance, and I hope you'll check out Spectre of the Gun. So what are today's compliance lessons learned? Well, I think the first lesson, certainly from the uh, last exercise that I spoke about where they attempted to make a tranquilizer bomb, is overcoming biases in compliance. 
And to de-bias your decisions, you need to broaden your perspective on several fronts. So what are these fronts? Well, first, thinking about the future rather than simply one objective. Two, thinking about objectives rather than simply the circumstances in front of you. And three, thinking about options rather than thinking in isolation. Number two, where can you look for innovation in your compliance program? Well, uh, I think a key area that is unexplored is the supply chain function in your organization. So what can you do at your supply chain uh, organization? Uh, I think it's uh, incumbent to not only not put up or settle for the status quo, but to really be moving forward. So uh, be cooperative, proactive, and incremental in your uh, development. And also, who is actually running the show in your organization? If you're collaborative, I think you're going to have a much better chance of coming up with some innovations going forward. And then finally, how do you drive compliance into the DNA of your organization? That's uh, the way you operationalize compliance. And the truth is that uh, traditional-looking companies uh, have to shake up their approach um, for driving compliance into the DNA of the organization. And so you need to think about a way to do so going forward. I hope you'll join us tomorrow when we take up the episode Day of the Dove on Trekking Through Compliance. If you enjoyed this episode of Trekking Through Compliance, you can help it grow by sharing it with the biggest Trek fan you know. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.